0: Good morning, everybody. It's your host, Alfred, for a new show this year. We're going to do some early line scouting for the college football week ahead. And what I've done is compile some lines that, you know, right off the bat, raise my eyebrow. I'm going to take a closer look and do a full analysis of the entire slate as we go on in the week. But these are lines that right away I said, ooh, that does not look like that's benefiting the books. I think we've got a tasty line. Now, of course, these numbers have been out because it's week one and everyone knew these games were on the schedule and nothing was really going to change before week one kicked off. However, a couple of teams did play last week that are going to play again in week one. And one of those teams is Indiana and Illinois, who just took care of Wyoming, looking very good. Now, granted, Wyoming's a pretty depleted team, uh, G5 team, but Illinois looked solid. They did what they want to do under Belima. They ran the football a ton. Chase Brown looked very effective and very sharp. And then Tommy DeVito also looked pretty good in his role as the new QB1 for Illinois. As of yesterday, you could get this line while they were playing that game in Champaign at three and a half, plus three and a half, Illinois going to Indiana. That line has already moved down to just three. So in favor of Illinois, I took it at three and a half this morning. I will tell you that because I had a feeling it was going to come down to three. I think it will actually go more towards Illinois, get under three um, by the end of the week and i liked this you know even before looking illinois looking good against wyoming take that for what you i'm not sure we can look too deep into that wyoming g5 team who's been you know just killed by the transfer portal uh but usually a pretty kind of tough team from out west that will at least put up a fight they got kind of kind of run over by illinois but even without that i liked illinois coming to this indiana matchup Um, Indiana was one of the stone worst teams in all of college football, FBS, uh, G5, P5, it doesn't matter. They were absolutely dreadful. Of course, they've got new personnel this year and are looking to start the season off on the right foot, but I don't see any reason to trust Indiana here and Illinois you know, a little narrative street here, but I think Belima is kind of doing what he wants to do. He's building a program over there. Uh, And Illinois, the last two years, has been 10 and seven in the conference and six and three against the spread away. And so both of those numbers really look good. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of turnover in college and take that for what you will. But I do think that coaching Kind of sticks around i do think that uh style plays a part in covering spreads um of course talent does as well but sometimes i think you know certain coaches will get guys up for away games certain coaches will play closer to you know uh, just try to win rather than cover spreads things of that nature so i do put some emphasis into against the spread numbers trends over time um, And then the under for Illinois is also 11-6 over the last two years. I think we could look again at the under here, but I'm just going to focus on the line. And I would love to take Illinois plus three. I think if it drops below three, just take the money line. I mean, you could certainly take the money line at three. Uh, But that field goal is kind of comforting. Worst case scenario, it's a close tight game. And, you know, Indiana wins on a field goal. I cannot... I just i really don't know what the argument is for indiana like running away with a touchdown or more I, I don't see they were the one of the absolute worst class teams in the country last year i mean beyond the bottom one uh in the bottom you know 30 after after the top 100 teams um dreadful dreadful and i mean they've got uh connor like coming in from missouri but like i he wasn't that good. I mean, I don't know. I, I just where's the optimism for Indiana here? I think this number doesn't make any sense. And frankly, it would not shock me if Illinois winds up being like a one-point favorite or something by the time Saturday gets here. Uh, I'm not terribly, you know, sure where that's gonna go. It's already come down half a point, um, but I think it's it's gonna go more. Moving up, we've got another number that has changed. Um, since yesterday and that is unc at apps appalachian state which is kind of an interesting matchup you know unc going to g5 appalachian state which has been a very very quality g5 team over the last uh, honestly decade now and of course they pulled off the tremendous upside of michigan way back when if you remember that one of the most stunning you know early season uh, outcomes of any game that i can remember in my lifetime zap state has a tradition of beating these big teams and hanging tough and being a good quality program so unc was minus two yesterday now it is down to a pick them in favor of appalachian state basically uh there is no spread it's just pick the winner and uh i find that pretty interesting because like unc looks okay they struggled a little bit early against fcs florida a m who was also like personnel depleted. There was some weird thing going on there. They almost didn't even play the game, but UNC wound up winning very handily. Drake May looked pretty good. Uh, We don't know what's happening with him uh, after Sam Howell graduated, went to the NFL, Um, and Drake May takes over as the QB1, but I thought he looked pretty good. He looked very, You know, continuing that trend of the the mobile quarterback, he had like a a long touchdown run, another long run, kind of reminiscent of what Sam Howell used to do. And we'll see what happens. You know, Appalachian State's going to be a tough test. By the numbers, they had one of the best defenses in the nation last year. A top 20 unit, uh, EPA per defensive run, or sorry, defensive EPA per run, defensive EPA per pass, both very, very good. And UNC struggled to pass the ball, but was, was super efficient on the ground last year. Uh, you know, but I think here it's going to be UNC has better talent overall. Uh, in fact, I wrote in a recent article how UNC, yes, they lose Sam Howell. Of course, that's a big, big deal. But since Mac Brown took over three years ago, they have really ramped up recruiting. They've um, brought in more blue chip players. Their average recruiting ranking has increased Uh, significantly since the three or four years prior to Mac Brown returning. So this is a totally different roster. Yes, Sam Howell elevated them for the last few years, but overall they have recruited better. They've got better talent. I kind of like UNC this year. uh, As a bit of a sleeper in the ACC, I like them here against App State. Again, I think the talent differential here is pretty large. And uh, Drake May looks good enough. You know, for me not to think that he's going to struggle uh, too bad against App State. Again, I think it's just like all UNC has to do is win the game. We're not talking about covering 12 points or 15 points or something like that. Like just win the game uh, in what will be absolutely crazy environment at App State. But again, I'm sticking with UNC. They didn't, I kind of liked them before the year even started. And they really didn't do anything against uh, Florida A&M to make me... Too nervous. I mean, it was a first game. Drake May playing some of his first snaps. Two freshman running backs for them who uh, took a little while to get going, but then looked incredible. Um, O'Marion Hampton won uh, C2C's freshman of the week. Like they look really good. I I think that this is a, a UNC victory here. Another line that's moved is Texas State at Nevada. This was a 5.5 spread in favor of nevada being favored by 5.5 it is now all the way down to 3.5 which may not matter too much for is kind of a key number there but i think that nevada who was just favored by about nine i think it got down to seven and a half against new mexico state barely covered that barely covered that game with six turnovers by New Mexico State, Nevada still barely covered. I think they won by 11 points. Uh did not cover the initial line in that game. Covered the line as it was bet down into the 7s. Nevada looked atrocious. They 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 looked so bad as bad as you could imagine. You know, I did lose a bet there last week, but Nevada looked as bad as you thought they would be. The problem is New Mexico State looked about as way worse than I thought they might be um, with six turnovers. Just brutal. Five uh, picks and one fumble on a sack. I'm still betting against Nevada, especially if I can get plus money until they look even a little bit better. Now, Texas State is a bad program. They've been bad, but I think Nevada is one of the worst teams uh, in the country, if not the very worst And you've got texas state getting over a field goal here i don't have any advanced stats or metrics because nevada's personnel is completely different than it was last year and texas state i already said they were bad there's nothing really to look at their run game was okay other than that they were kind of bad across the board but again two really really bad teams and you're going to give me over a field goal, I'll take Texas State and maybe even sprinkle the money line because they did bring in a new quarterback that I think can help them on offense, which was really bad in the passing game. Uh, But I kind of like Texas State here. I do like Texas State. here. Another team I'm looking at is Syracuse at home getting four points against Louisville. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. We haven't seen either team yet. It's going to be the debut for both in an ACC matchup here. But Syracuse at home uh, has been 6-3 and three in the conference against the spread over the last two years and 10-7 and seven in the conference against the spread. So uh, home or away. And then at home, 6-3. and three. They seem to play well at home. That was kind of my gut feeling until I looked at the numbers. I said, oh, yeah, that confirms it. I kind of thought they were tough out at home, and it looks like that's the case here. Luton coming in, yes, they have Malik Cunningham, but what else do they really have on offense at all? And he can be a one-man show and lead teams to victory, of course, but I just think (laughs) that we – seem to be overrating Louisville just a little bit here, giving them four points on the road at Syracuse to open the season. I mean, this is going to be a uh, rowdy crowd at Syracuse. It's going to be a big deal, and I like getting four there by Q's. Um, additionally, Syracuse had the absolute, one of the absolute best running offenses in the entire country last year, 10th in EPA per rush at .189 yards. Uh, or EPA.189, which was 10th in the country. And Louisville, at least last year, 98th in the country on EPA rush defense. So you've got a key matchup here of Syracuse's borderline elite rush offense versus Louisville's terrible run defense. And yes, Malik Cunningham can light up the scoreboard, but I think this run defense, run offense uh, matchup here is going to allow Syracuse to do what they want to do, control a game at home and maybe sneak away with a victory here, but I do like getting over a field goal at that number of four for Syracuse. And finally, the last one here that I am going to highlight, my mean green this year, I think I'm just going to be a North Texas homer. Um, Already have picked them as a dark horse to win the Conference USA. I liked them yesterday against, or two days ago against UTEP, they came out on top. Now, there's something very interesting here. Austin Ayun, I think that's how you say his name, the quarterback for North Texas. He won the job against Grant Gunnell, who came over from Memphis via Arizona before that. That some people really liked. Ayun won the job, and a lot of people rolled their eyes and said, "Oh no, what are you know this coach is doing some stupid stuff? What are we doing here? Grant Gunnell should absolutely start." And you know, I looked back. Ayun was pretty good as a, I believe it was a um, sophomore in 2020. Of course, COVID shortened season. He played eight games, but he was pretty good. He's never gonna complete a ton of his passes, but he had near nine yards per attempt. He threw 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. Um, And then last year, in his second year for North Texas, uh, as a starter, he looked really bad in 2021. His yards per attempt dropped all the way down to 6.7. He threw nine touchdowns and nine picks. Uh, He did run the ball for 300 yards, interestingly enough, in 2021. But then I, I looked at those numbers and said, you know, maybe there was something funky going on in 2021. Everyone thought he was terrible, but he was pretty good as a sophomore in 2020. And maybe last year was an anomaly. The coaching staff looked at him in this entire process and said he's better than Grant Gannell. And then he looked pretty good against a quality UTEP defense this week. He completed 55% of his passes, 16 for 29, 236 yards. That's 8.1 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks, uh, and put uh, 15 yards on the ground. And this is against the UTEP defense who returned 80% of their production from 2021, who ranked as a top 20 EPA per play defensively last year. So a quality UTEP defense who returned a lot of players, and North Texas just trounced them. I mean, I think it was like, 31 to 14, 31 to 17, something like that. They controlled the ball game easily in the second half, ran away with that game. Uh, So maybe Ayun's not as bad as we thought he was. And so I kind of like this North Texas team. I like them anyway. I was kind of thinking Grant Gunnell was gonna win the job, but Ayun's coming out, he's looking good. He's finding his players. They ran the ball effectively against UTEP as well. Um, I kind of think this team's a little bit on a roll and here's the thing with SMU. Yes, their offense is pretty fancy. Uh, they throw the ball a ton. We can we can continue to think that is going to happen again this season, 2022. However, their pass defense is absolutely atrocious. I mean, we're talking like bottom of the barrel. Um, and so North Texas can take advantage of that. If their weakness is Austin Ioun, At least he's going to face the absolute liability of the SMU passing defense. Um, I think this is a 10-point spread. I'm going to take North Texas plus 10 points at home for their home opener coming off a big conference win. And now they get uh, a pretty fun matchup against in-state Southern Methodist. Not a conference rival, but I think North Texas keeps it going here. I like them getting a full 10 points. And, uh, you know, maybe it's North Texas Mean Green year. I'm on them and uh, sprinkle that money line would be very nice so that's five games for you uh initial lines i kind of liked we will keep doing more content as the week goes on look out campus we're going to put out articles all week dfs content also other bets that come to light as we crunch the numbers here midweek by wednesday we should have more out there for you thank you for listening and this has been The Early Line Show with your host, Alfred.